welcome to the Coaches Impact Podcast. Our mission is to get better OADB, that's right, on a daily basis. The Coaches Impact is the X's and O's of personal and professional growth. We'll talk about character, standards of excellence, core values, mindset, leadership, and many other topics on our way to living a growth mindset. Together, we'll embark on the journey of getting 1% better every day. Get ready to be inspired and gain insights into the power of coaching and the importance of cultivating a growth mindset. Get ready to broaden your impact. Let's go. Welcome back to the Coaches Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Zeller. In this episode, we're going to talk basketball, a little bit of campus administration, and then athletic administration. Today, we're talking with the athletic director of College Station ISD, Coach Kevin Starnes. Welcome to the show, Coach Starnes. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Appreciate you visiting with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for taking some time and and uh, for us just kind of catch up and talk about old times and and then what each of us are doing now in our current position so man let's let's get started you and i first met back in 2014 i'll never forget this during an interview <laughs> at colleyville heritage high school you were interviewing <laughs> for a vacant ap job on our campus administration uh that came up yes you know open suddenly uh we had a we had an ap resign right right before thanksgiving so we were we were interviewing for that and you were part of our candidate pool uh i know a good bit about your story especially since that time but tell us who kevin starnes is and and a little bit about your coaching career up to this point yeah so i i was i was born and and kind of grew up in southern california uh and then my mother uh moved us to abilene texas which is where I went to high school and played uh, college basketball for Mary Harden Baylor. Um, knew I wanted to go into coaching from a very early age, had some very impactful coaches on my life, grew up without a dad in the house, and, and really those, those male kind of father figures, if you will, uh, as coaches really impacted me. And so I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I uh, went to Mary Harden Baylor, uh, got a degree in English and history, and got into coaching. Uh, my first job out of college was at a small, uh, at the time, 2A high school, Brookshire Royal, uh, which is right outside of Katy. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. I was, a, a, you know, fresh on the scene. And my first year there was interesting because I was just straight basketball assistant wow. at a 2A high school, which is pretty unheard of. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't help that the football team my first year went 0-10, and the the football coach got ran off. And so uh, the new football coach coming in uh, informed me that I would be coaching football the next year. Now, it was seventh grade middle school football, but I really didn't know much about football. I didn't really play it growing up. But, you know, it wasn't really – it wasn't bad at all. Enjoyed my time there. Then I got an opportunity to go to Fort Ben Kempner as an assistant coach there. 
and Fort Bend basketball at the time was at probably the pinnacle of the state. Hmm. Um, High Tower was really good. Uh, Willow Ridge with TJ Ford, they had just graduated. And so there, I mean, they were uh, really, really good. Travis uh, or uh, Fort Bend Travis was, was uh, made at the state tournament a couple years in a row. So really good basketball, but I was only there a year and then decided that I was a single guy at the time and my mother was still in Abilene. And so I thought I'll move back closer to the uh, Metroplex or back to, towards Abilene. And so looked at the Metroplex and so got an opportunity to go be a, an assistant coach at Grapevine High School. And I was there three years and then finally got the opportunity to be a head coach at Alvarado, Texas, uh, which is south of Fort Worth for a couple of years, then went back to Grapevine as as an as a head coach. So, you know, it just, you know, it's kind of the old adage, you interview for your next job every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the head job came open at Grapevine, they called me and encouraged me to apply for it. Okay. And so I did and I got it. That's kind of my coaching stops before you and I met. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not know that you were down in the Houston area prior to, to Grapevine or, or if I knew, maybe I had forgotten, but, uh, yeah, you're, you, you started your career, you know, just North of where I'm at right now at this point in my career. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, two a Brookshire Royal, you were basketball assistant only that, uh, that, <laughs> that is unheard of, uh, for sure at a small school that, that Sometimes that's hard at a, at a big school. So for our basketball friends out there, tell us about your summer gig and how they can participate in it. Do they have to qualify or do you just enter? Uh, just give us the full rundown of, of your tournament. Okay. So back in, I guess it was, it was 2014, 2013, I started Texas Basketball Championships, which is basically a summer basketball program for high school teams. Um, and it's mirrored after the state seven-on-seven stuff. Okay. Uh, and so it, the way that it was conceived was just I needed my team to be able to compete as a team in the summer um, because they didn't want to do AAU stuff. But the only events that were offered were AAU events. So mm-hmm. I started this business. And, um, so we have, uh, SQTs just like the seven on seven, uh, people do, uh, where school districts or schools host ter- uh, one day shootouts. And then the top two qualifiers, you know, automatically qualify for the summer state tournament. And that's how we operated for a long time until COVID. And so when COVID came, then we, we couldn't do SQTs because, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. were very, concerned about, you know, packing in a gym or whatever. Uh, And so we just had to go to where we just opened it up. Um, If you wanted to come and treat it like a team camp, you could. So at this point, we've continued to operate like that. Uh, And so uh, if a team wants to participate, then uh, they just have to really sign up and, and put down a deposit and they're welcome to come. Okay. Do you ever anticipate going back to the, to the SQT? I would like to. I think that it creates more of a buzz. It also allows local communities to uh, fundraise more for their programs. Uh, and so, um, so I think that that's, I think that that's the goal to, is to get back there. I think we've got a little bit of work to do in the off season to convince people to do that, you know, but that's, that is a goal of mine. Yeah. 
All right, Kevin, if a coach is interested in basketball conferences and clinics, what, what are their best options? The ones I always felt like I got good value out of was the TABC clinic, Texas association of basketball coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, They meet uh, generally in May of every year in San Antonio. uh, And that's a, two and a half day clinic with other Texas basketball coaches and they have live demos and uh, those types of things uh, available for coaches. Uh, And so, and even beyond the clinic, you know, the speakers, I got a lot of value in just sitting down at a meal with coaches and drawing it up on a napkin um, and just asking them what they do and um, how they dealt with this and you know, and then as I got older and more experienced in the profession, then, uh, you know, younger coaches being able to ask me. Uh, and so I think that that's, that's, that's one of the ones that I would definitely recommend for uh, aspiring basketball coaches. Obviously, THSCA does a fantastic job. They have really expanded their uh, basketball uh, curriculum uh, with on-court demonstrations and kind of lectures. Uh, and so that would be another one. Uh, that I would suggest to people as well. Yeah. So what strikes me is is interesting, and maybe it's just because of when basketball starts and when really is a good time, but having the, the TABC conference and clinic in May, uh, as the school year winds down, uh, is there a rationale? Is that just kind of the only time they can get prior to an October start? Well, I, I think it's because you've got a lot of basketball coaches that coach football. Uh, and so leaving for a clinic, uh, on the mail, obviously on the mail side, uh, but, uh, you know, to, to leave for a clinic, uh, in October before the season started, uh, would probably not be an option for those coaches who are also football coaches. Yeah. Very good. Or basketball or or female basketball coaches that are volleyball coaches, Right. you know? Uh, and so pretty much all sports have wrapped up by that time in May. You've got track, like state, state track going at that time, but there's really no, uh, no conflict. Now what I'm hearing is some people are actually doing graduations because uh, they've, you know, uh, with the District of Innovation where they, they're, they're allowed to do their um, graduations a little bit earlier. Uh, so some people are having to miss the clinic because of their, their graduation. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I, it's a great explanation. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for the answer. That that helps uh, resolve that that major issue for me. Uh, why is basketballs in in May? No, that's a that's a. It makes perfect sense, and I didn't even put two and two together with basketball, football conflict, or, or volleyball. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. let's kind of step away from from basketball just a bit, although this will be kind of a shared conversation here, but talk to us about the decision to make the move from coaching to the so-called dark side as a campus administrator. What prompted (laughs) that decision at that time in your life? So it's kind of an interesting story. Uh, Everybody's story is a little bit different in their Mm -hmm. pathway uh, to get where they wanted, want to go. Uh, and for me, uh, I got my master's probably five years before I actually used it. Um, I started very early. I was in one of the first Lamar university cohorts, uh, back when it was still like $4,000, uh, to get the, get the degree. And, and I originally got it because I felt like it was a, 
a sound financial investment. I could spend 4,000 or 4,500, whatever it was, uh, on the curriculum. And then for the rest of my career, a school district would pay me a thousand, two thousand $2,000 extra for having a master's degree. Hmm. And I still had 30 years. So, you know, I mean, uh, so I felt like that was a good investment of, of my money. And so I did it and not ever planning on using it, but as life would happen, uh, you know, you know, my, my priorities changed. I had two kids and, you know, just like a lot of sports, basketball was really going year round, uh, where not, not just during the school year, but during the summer with uh, strength and conditioning, um, with going and watching our kids doing AAU or Texas basketball championship events. And just, it felt like eventually I, I remember calling a mentor coach saying, I, I just, we're about to start another school year and I don't feel like, like I'm not as excited as I used to be. My batteries aren't as recharged as they used to be. Yeah. Uh, my mother had passed away a couple of months before that. And, and so that may have, you know, also been a, obviously that was a big uh, event uh, for me. Mm. Uh, she raised me. And, and so, uh, and so I think that that was, also weighing on me, uh, making sure that I was there for my kids, right. uh, my own kids, not, not my school kids. Uh, and so just started thinking about it. And so it just so happened that I had checked the job board at GCISD. Um, and there was an assistant principal job come open. <laughs> and, uh, well, let me backtrack. I, I, I skipped a part of this. It's, it's kind of uh, important. Um, so that summer, our, we had an, a, a director of athletics job come open in GCISD. And so um, they had named Phil Blue the executive director. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I saw that job posted. And so I thought, well, I really like the idea of coaching coaches and being able to impact other programs. And so I went and talked to Phil Blue and I said, hey, I, this is what I want to do. I know I'm not qualified for it at this point, but what do you recommend? And he said, well, Dr. Ryan, our, our superintendent at the time really believes that uh, athletic directors should have campus administration experience. And so I said, well, I'm on the boys basketball side. I'm not going to be the boys coordinator. You know, that's right. going to be the football coach. So I either can go to the girls side and potentially be a girls coordinator, or I needed to go be an AP. And so really, really chewed on that for a little while. Well, in November, that job posting uh, was there. And I thought, I'm not ready for this, but maybe I'll be ready for it in a couple of years. Right. Uh, but I think interview experience is something that is, is very valuable for people when you can. Uh, and so I would tell anybody that's, that's applying for jobs, go interview. Uh, because that is a skill that you need to continue to hone. Uh, and so I think that, and so, so I, I got an opportunity to interview. And so I went over and I interviewed with the committee and re really thought there's, there's, there's dozens of other people that are more qualified than me. <laughs> I was a head basketball coach. I hadn't done anything with curriculum. I really hadn't done anything with leadership. I had my master's degree, but I hadn't done anything with it. And so I was like, you know, maybe. And so, uh, went through a couple of rounds of interviews there and then they offered me the job. And at the end of the day, I wasn't quite sure that I wanted the job. I knew I wanted to go that path, but 
I, a, a mentor of mine said, listen, you take it. And if you really don't like it, you can always get back into coaching. Right. But this is an opportunity here. Uh, and so I took it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you're right. We, we had, uh, a day's worth of interviews and interestingly, just kind of giving my two cents. So we interviewed you, I guess, did you say that was November? It was in that rough mm-hmm. time frame, November, December time frame. Yep. And, yep. uh, I know that we announced for sure by December because you, you made it to our Christmas, uh, get together. Uh, that, that picture still pops up on my Facebook memories from time to time when we hit that, whatever that date was, yep. and we posted it. So, uh, that was my yep. first year as a campus administrator. I had made the decision that prior spring to use my, uh, degree to start looking and, and kind of like you, uh, my, well, my kids were a little bit older at the time, but what I realized I was at a different school than my kids. And, you know, my son was in sports. He was going to be going into his junior year that, that next year. And I was missing being a, a volleyball and soccer coach, and he played football and soccer. I was missing a lot of his stuff. So for me, it was it was about trying to be more present for them, kind of like what you, you mentioned. So, you know, I was, yeah. I was three months-ish into that job at Colleyville Heritage when we were interviewing and and so it was, you know, during the headlights. But what I will say about that team and that you'll remember is most of that team was had only been at Colleyville Heritage one year or two at the max, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, you know, Conrad was our principal and he had put together uh, <laughs> that was that was the dream team. If there ever was a dream team in, in campus administration and, um, and you just put the, the final piece of that puzzle together. We had a really good time. Oh, so. we, we had a great time. <laughs> we always talk about the, uh, the, the fun part of that job is the investigations. <laughs> and, <Yes. laughs> uh, and kids just, uh, you know, trying to get away with stuff and then us catching them and yeah. uh, in lies. And, um, and, and that, that was part of the job that was uh, not monotonous. Right. It was uh, a new day every day. And so that, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've always told people if, and I even told Conrad this at at one point, you know, if, if the athletic administration thing ever, you know, just stopped working out and if I had to go back to campus administration, I, I would want to go back and, and be that team member that only deals with discipline. Uh, let, let me take all discipline and and all of the stuff that some, you know, some APs don't want to do that at all. They, they want to be in the classroom doing instructional coaching and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I really enjoyed just that that time with the kids, investigating, like you said, but then you you start building relationships with some of these kids that you see quite often, the, the frequent flyers. And, uh, you know, you, you get to, you know, maybe have some sort of an impact with them, try and get them around. They start listening to you. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was definitely fun. And I remember when I – when I switched over to being the assistant AD coming into your office, did, did you take my old office? Uh, I think I, so. I, I did move in there. At yes. some point. And, uh, eventually. Yes. And you had this big TV on the wall that I did not have and had the cameras up on it. And I, sometimes an escape when I was on campus, I just stopped by to say hi to the group, but I'd get caught up in, in just kind of watching you guys work and, and work with the, the cameras and deal with discipline. It was just fun kind of going back down that, that road. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and that's the stuff that made it interesting, you know, but one thing that I would tell people is, you know, as I looked to transition and interviewed for athletic administration jobs mm-hmm. is I, like you at the time, really volunteered or inserted myself into anything athletics. Right. Uh, and so when we're talking about hiring, uh, firing sometimes, observations or, or, you know, DEC responsibilities, like it's, it's so vital that if that's your intent, you, you can't just step completely away from athletics and hope to get back in. Right. You have to, you have to keep one foot in that pool uh, to be able to get back in. Yep. Absolutely. And, and you definitely did that. You know, later that year, I transitioned from from Colleyville Heritage AP job to uh, working with Brian over in the athletic office as the assistant AD. And you know, for those, I was with Brian for five years uh, before before I left, mm-hmm. and then eventually before he left. And you know, there there probably weren't too many THS ADA events that you weren't with us, whether it, you know you, you tagged along or you just met us there. Uh, and, and that's mm-hmm. part of that networking and, and keeping one foot in the door, like you said. Uh, even if it wasn't for Grapevine Colleyville, you were building a name within the within the AD association for yourself. And whether it worked out at, at Grapevine Colleyville or somewhere else, it it was it was time well invested. I felt like it was. I felt like you know in GCISD, I felt like I was the only one that was doing that at the time. And so if Brian or you had moved on that I would hope that I would be the natural, you know, selection. Um, but you, you know, obviously you never know, but you, you want to, you know, do what you can beforehand, uh, before it times comes time to interview for the job so that everything's already been done. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, uh, I paid for my THS ADA membership on my own. Um, right. You know, uh, I had I had talked to my building principals. I had Conrad first, and then I had Lance. And so uh, I talked to both of them. They knew my goals, and so they supported me, and they allowed me to go to the AD conferences or the spring showcases or, you know, whatever, or the monthly regional meetings if, if we didn't have anything going on. Um, and so them allowing me to do that uh, was huge. You know, if I had someone who was my boss that said, no, we need you here, that would have stunted my growth. And so I think that that's, that's where true leaders will help you reach your goals. And obviously we all have jobs to do and we got to get the job done. But if there's, if there's flexibility, then I think the great leaders allow you to do that. And so fortunately for me and you, we had, we had leadership that, that empowered us to do that and allowed us to do that. Right. Right. So that was huge. Yeah, well, I will. I will say, you know, you you mentioned that interviewing is a is a skill, and you know, even if it becomes a no, the positives of of getting into that interview room for those new positions are are just, you know, you can't you just can't get that uh, through some sort of other preparation, just short of being in that room. Like you, you've got to be in the room going through the interviews to really get that full experience and understand where you're at at the time. Uh, and a lot of times it may not be that you just may not be ready and you'll, you'll know 
when you leave that 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 interview, you know if you're ready or you're not. But if you go and evaluate and rethink and just really process what all transpired and use that so that the next time you, you're better prepared, you know, you and I talked a, a lot during my five years. Uh, I, I had quite a few interviews. You were probably my biggest <laughs> cheerleader. Uh, well, yeah. Not not that, uh, that our other uh, friends were not, but there was a little bit more at stake for me getting a job there because uh, that that might have meant an open spot for you. Uh, but yeah. it, it was so, as I look back on, on some of the interviews I went on, those those interviews and going through the, the different ones for, for each district, because I, I found that every district's a little bit different. But once you get to that comfort level where walking into an interview room really doesn't affect you, because you're just going to be you. You're going to go in and you're going to crush it. You're you're going to, you know, the, the story that about you is is no different. And so then it just becomes answering their questions. And once you have a comfort level with, you throw whatever question at me and, and I'll have some sort of response and whether it's about the job or whether it's just an open-ended uh, question about life. It, it, it Getting out of the uncomfortable part of going into an interview is, is the biggest win. So uh, don't be yeah. afraid to interview. It just is so helpful because when that right job does come, if you're not prepared to go in and crush the interview, you're not going to. So always, always uh, prepare yourself and, and don't be afraid to, to step up when, when you're not ready yet. Cause a lot of what we do is and, on the job training. Yes. And I would say that, and a no is not necessarily you're not ready. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times where, um, you interview for a job, well, they have a profile in mind of what they're looking for. And though you might be great, you're not, you don't fit their profile. Right. You know, if, if I had interviewed for that assistant principal job and you guys needed somebody that was strong in curriculum, you wouldn't have hired me, right. but you needed, you needed more of a, uh, a, 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 a disciplinarian, uh, organized, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I fit your profile and so it worked. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that that's where, you know, we interview and, and I think some people just get so discouraged because it, well, why did, why, why won't they give me the job? You know, if I want to be a head basketball coach, why am I not getting that job? Yeah. Probably you don't fit the profile. Yep. Um, and that's hard for people to understand and you have no control over it. 100%. Um, you know, and so, but, but you're right, Jay, uh, there is something to learn in every interview. You just need to, you need to just think back through your questions and reflect, yep. you know, where could I have been better? Uh, what should I have said here or there? Uh, and then keep kind of that running, running, uh, log in your head for the next time. Um, yep. but you, you're right. I mean, obviously I felt like, I felt like you were, you were doing great things. You'd been in that job five years. And I knew you were ready to be a, an AD. And so I was rooting for you. And I'm glad that, you know, you got the opportunity. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So I, I interviewed at, at Red Oak. I, I don't remember maybe two or three years into being an assistant AD. And one of their assistant superintendents asked a question. I, I do not remember what the question was to this day. But I remember being completely stumped, not having an answer and, and really 
just kind of an honest, you know, I really don't have a, a good answer for that right now. And, and instead of him hauling around it and them knowing I didn't have an answer, I just didn't have an answer. And I went back and it, of course, at the time I, I remembered what the question was and I wish I did now, but I don't. And, you know, reflected on it, talked to Conrad, talked to Brian and, you know, that's part of that growth is figuring out where your deficiencies are and, and honing in on those so that you can grow and, you know, I, I ended up going back for a second interview there, which absolutely shocked me. Uh, and I even told the lady, uh, I said, this is the biggest surprise. I, you know, didn't have an answer for you. And, and part of it was just kind of being that, that open and honest and, and reflective and, and just using it as a lesson. You don't have to know everything. Nobody expects you to know everything. You just have to be willing to learn and grow. And so it, it, in my surprise, that, that came kind of full circle in that one interview and I didn't get it, but that's neither here nor there, Yeah, but it, it's just, well, it, it's a good example of don't, don't be afraid to not know things, uh, because you're going there. I was talking with Andre Walker a few weeks back. Now he was on the show. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, you just don't know what you don't know until you get into the seat of athletic director, or maybe it's campus principal, or maybe it's head coach. You just don't know everything if you're if you're an assistant AD, uh, an assistant principal, an assistant coach. And so there's things that you're not going to be able to answer if you've not had those experiences. So I think that's that's mm -hmm. huge and we've kind of been on on that a while, but I will go back to your interview. One of the things you're you're absolutely right, it's about the overall profile, but one of those things for you in, in that in that team is we knew what what we had as a team. And we knew what we were looking for in an addition to our team. And so not only did you fit the profile in what we specifically needed, our, our team was loaded with instructional coaches and really sound uh, in, instructional assistant principals aside from me. Uh, that was not my, <laughs> that was not my strong point and it just never right. was going to be, but there was value in because I would pick up some of the other load that, that they just didn't want or didn't have the expertise or, or really the willingness to do. But it worked because we got along great. And that was the piece where you fit in. You were coming in as, a, as really a second person like me to help, help Conrad and, and help carry the load of, of the team so they could go do their work. And then the fit. Like, we got along great. You'll, you'll remember probably we always met, I think it was like 1 o'clock. It was after the lunches. We would all have lunch in the conference room as, if we could. And it was just, we mm -hmm. laughed so much. And, you know, how many teams actually do that now? You know, that, that was the power of our team is that we were always together and, and we enjoyed being together. Well, and I think that that was that every – uh, faculty member, staff member, employee on uh, Colleyville Heritage uh, High School campus noticed that. Yep. And I had so many people, and I'm sure you did too, say, man, I just love how your team is so unified and, and so together. And I think that that gave our staff a lot of confidence. Um, we, we didn't have those riffs and that we, we really liked each other and we supported our people. Um, and so I think that that translated into positive energy on our campus because of that. Right. Right. Well, man, we've, we've kind of gone down a rabbit hole of stories and a little bit of reminiscing, but uh, I'm going to continue with the stories. Uh, it's always my favorite time 
uh, of the discussion is is just getting to hear, you know, the, your favorite story over a career. So, look, looking back on your career, what are one or two of your favorite memories and why? I think there's 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 so many impactful things that have happened over the course of of my career. Um, one of the ones that really I think, you know, we were going to what was it? TASSP conference. And we were, uh, that was the first thing that we had really done as a retreat as a, as a team uh, of, of administrators. And so because I was hired officially after or like the first week of December, mm-hmm. but GCISD let me finish out the year as the head basketball coach at Grapevine High School. Yep. So I was really like part-time. I was, I was in the office half day and then I was at Grapevine in the gym the other half a day. And so really I didn't come on fully until after spring break. And so, and, and, uh, and so I was trying to kind of play catch up. And so we got to June of, of that first year for me. And you were, you had entered, you had applied for, you know, the assistant AD job. And so you were kind of in limbo too. uh, But we went to Austin and we just had, (laughs) a fantastic time. So that was the first time that I felt like we, me had really infused into the team. I think, I think I, 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 social, um, but that was the first time that, that I felt like a a true member of the team. Cause again, I was, I was still bouncing between my old job, my new job, trying to learn that. And then we had seen, we had basketball banquet in the spring and just all that stuff. And so this was the first time that I'd really stepped away from that old job and into the new job. And and I thought we had had so much fun and we still have stories from that, uh, that time, <laughs> you know, and really I formed a relationship with each of the other team members yeah. um, that even today we're still friends. Right. And you're right. That team was special. Um, you know, we've got, assistant soup from that team. We've got campus uh, central office leadership. We've got campus principals. I mean, it was a very special team. And and so I I felt uh, blessed to be able to join it and really set myself up for success. Um, Another one is, is, is really when I started interviewing for a, a, a D jobs. So Brian announced that he was leaving in November of 21, maybe. Yeah, 21. So when he announced he was leaving, then I thought I had been in the district, you know, a total of, you know, 13, 14 years. Uh, I had served as a assistant coach, a head coach, uh, assistant building principal, assistant AD. You know, it just seemed like a natural next step in my mind. Right. But the district decided that they were going to go outside. They needed new whatever. Again, the profile. Okay. I think that there was some community input. I think that there was some board, board of trustee input. And it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with what they were looking for. And, And I, and so when I heard that, that I would not be getting that job, it really bothered me. Uh, it really felt like I had invested all of this time into this district that I loved. Um, they, they didn't want me, you know, like what, what didn't I do? And so I met with the superintendent and he said, it was nothing that you, 
did or didn't do. It had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with what we, we, we need mm. at this time. And, you know, I was told, hey, you did everything that we would have wanted you to do, plus some. Some things that we didn't even think about that you implemented were great. But still, we, we, we need to go in a different direction. And so I served as an interim, and I did a good job. Uh, you know, just went to work every day, uh, did, did what needed to be done. And uh, they brought in Coach Raymond, um, who I would tell you, was much more prepared for that job. Uh, I think that there were some political landmines there that I think that he is able to uh, maneuver through that I don't know if I would have maneuvered through them the same way um, as successfully. So So in hindsight, I would say they made the right decision. He's great. No problems with Todd. Uh, I think he's done a phenomenal job there. Uh, and I think the coaches would say that too. So, so then, but I felt like I was, I was ready to be in a, 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 an AD. And so I interviewed at Abilene. It was funny. I, I grew up, obviously I went to high school in Abilene, interviewed in Abilene. And I thought, do I really want to come to Abilene? And so my mother isn't living anymore. And so there was really no ties to Abilene anymore for me, other than being the home of my alma mater high school. So, um, but I went and interviewed and I thought I did okay. There were some things like you, you know, like I, I answered the question, but I don't think I gave enough detail or Mm -hmm. I don't, I did, I wasn't specific enough or, you know, I really didn't go into depth. And so I think that that interview really was uh, propelled me into being ready for my next interview, which was for College Station. I had, inter- I had applied for College Station. They were looking for an AD. I knew zero people. I, I knew <laughs> nobody, yep. you know, and they say it's all about who you know. I'm telling you, I didn't know anybody. Uh, all I knew is that our assistant soup in Grapevine knew the superintendent for College Station. But it wasn't a relationship that I had. It was a relationship that Dr. Schnausch had. Right. Um, and and so I did say, hey, I've interviewed, I've, I've applied for this job. I don't know what's going to happen. He said, well, I'll make a phone call. So weeks went by. Well, then Chris Ferris, who was the Birdville AD at the time, had just announced that he was going to go to Conroe. Well, I lived <laughs> four blocks from the Birdville Stadium which is where athletics was housed out of. And so I thought, well, this, this would be fantastic. You know, a a raise, I don't have to move my family. You know, I know I'm familiar with the school district. Um, They had just gone through a superintendent change. So that was a kind of an unknown, but I thought that's the job I really want. And so I had, I I didn't forget that I'd applied for college station, but my focus really turned into, into Birdville. Well, then a couple weeks go by and I get a call from College Station. Hey, we'd like you to interview. Okay. So I go, uh, I'm prepping for the interview. And I would say to anybody listening, like, you have to prep. You have to go and read through uh, district uh, initiatives, Mm -hmm. points of emphasis. You have to look at the hierarchy. You have to look at what the, the individual sport programs have done. You've got to look at the Lone Star Cup. Uh, research. You've got to look at everything so that you are equipped with the knowledge to be able to speak to things that are specific about that district. Uh, 
Um, you can't just you can't just talk about what you have done in your previous district. They want to know that you want to be there. And how do you how do you relay that? It's by going and doing your your research or your homework. And then being able to reference what they're doing and what you would do there. Right. Um, and I would say that for a bas- for for an aspiring head coach too. Like mm-hmm. you have to do the same thing. You go into a head coaching interview for that school. They want to know you know their school. You know you know their players. Maybe you got a huddle, uh, some film on them. You've watched some film. You know, or hey, that number eleven is is returning. Really excited about you know Jay Zeller. Uh, think he's going to be great, you know, whatever. Uh, and so I think that that's important uh, for people to understand. You can't just walk into an interview cold. Anyway, so I do my homework and I meet with Todd and I said, Hey, you know, uh, here's what I'm looking at. Here's, here's my kind of handout that, that I'm going to give, uh, you know, uh, for the interview. And, and he said, one thing that I would tell you is you need to identify what is your, uh, elephant in the room for you. It's different for everybody. What is your elephant in the room? And I said, well, it's probably that I was an assistant principal and that I wasn't, I didn't stay in athletics the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's exactly right. So you have to address that in the interview. You have to explain what that, what you did and how that related to athletics and how that prepared you for the job. Yeah. And I thought that was great uh, advice, uh, because in the Abilene interview, I hadn't done that. And I did get some feedback that, uh, maybe a couple of committee members thought that I had stepped away for five years as an assistant principal and then decided to get back in. Right. And so, so I talked about it in the college station interview. Uh, you know, you get into an interview and, and that was one where, again, my kind of focus was on Birdville. I thought, you know, I don't know anybody here. I'll go down there and I'll get the experience from the interview and hopefully that'll prepare me for the Birdville uh, interview. So I, I come interview at college station and I think it goes great. I think it goes well. Uh, it's pouring rain. Uh, I mean, it's just a monsoon. Um, and I had stayed Sunday night cause I interviewed Monday morning. Okay. Um, and so like I walk into my interview and I think I was, no, I was out of the boot. I had torn my Achilles. And so I was out of the boot. Uh, and so, but I was, I was my, I'm in my suit. It's soaked. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, uh, I've got my little uh, bag with my handouts in it. And so I go in and, uh, you know, I, I, I go through the interview process and I can tell some, some committee members, you know, they're leaning forward, positive body language, eyes, eye contact, uh, nodding of heads. Uh, then I've got a couple that are lean back, arms crossed. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I've lost them. I don't think I've got them, but I've got the others. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I get in the car and I'm driving back, uh, later that day I get a call and they're like, Hey, we'd like you to come in and, uh, interview as a finalist for uh, college station. And I said, okay, uh, we'll win. And they said, well, Wednesday. So I had just been there on Monday. <laughs> so Wednesday I was going to drive back. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not, it's not close. It's three hours each way, yep. which is fine. Yep. Uh, and so I said, I'd be honored to, to do it. And so they said, we have two times to interview. So that told me there were two finalists. And uh, so I, I 
chose the time that I thought would be good for my commute uh, and came down. And so I'm in the interview or, and I said, well, what do I need to bring? How many people are going to be in the interview? You know, all the normal questions as you prepare. And the, the admin assistant says, uh, it's just going to be you and Mr. Martindale, the superintendent and one or two others. And that's it. And I said, okay, what do I need to bring? Well, you don't need to bring anything. This is strictly conversational. It'll be Q and a, uh, very, um, laid back, uh, you know, informal type right. thing. And I said, well, how long should, uh, a couple hours, a couple hours. Okay. Okay. Um, so, and I tell you, I sat down and we went two hours and it flew by. Yeah. Felt very comfortable, you know, where I could ask questions of them and then they asked questions of me and it became uh, again, conversational. Um, and at the end of it, we're approaching the two hour mark and the superintendent looks up at the clock and he looks over at his the deputy soup and, uh, and he says, you haven't seen me do this, but, um, Kevin, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to tell you, you're our guy. Nice. And that never happens in the interview, you <laughs> no. know, like normally they make you squirm, uh, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, and so, and so I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, and he says, so you're my guy. Uh, we've got a couple of references to check, but as long as those check out, which I ex- expect them to do, then we're going to be calling you tomorrow, offering you the job. Okay. Um, and so we wrap up and I get in the truck, uh, and I'm driving home and I'm feeling good. I'm like, man, I just got offered an AD job. What I want, what I wanted to do <laughs> and a uh, little twist of fate as I had missed a call while I was in the interview. Well, Birdville ISD had called to offer me the opportunity to interview for their job. So I call them back and I, and, and I knew that the superintendent said, you know, we're going to check a few things and we'll call you tomorrow with the job offer. Well, I, I didn't want to miss the opportunity just in case something came up. And so I said, uh, I called them back and I said, yes, I'll, I'll interview. Well, the interview was for the following Wednesday. So a week later. Um, and so I, 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 I scheduled an interview with them just in case, uh, college station didn't work. Uh, and so, but the next day they called, offered me the job. We negotiated salary, which was a way new experience for me. Um, and so, uh, negotiated salary came to, came to an agreement. And I accepted the job and then calling Birdville, I backed out of the interview. That was something that, you know, that's, that's something that could I have kept the interview and just, and, and interviewed? Yes. But I think I would have burned bridges. Right. Uh, College station had expressed and, you know, had not made any, you know, qualms about me being their guy. So why wouldn't I reciprocate that loyalty and that, and that commitment? So, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, been here a little over a year, uh, and it's been fantastic. Uh, we, we love it. Uh, we miss our, our old friends up there in the Metroplex, but as far as a job and, and all the, all of the things we we're, we're in a good place. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, respecting, uh, both campuses or or both districts, uh, one with, with college station, offering you the job and then, and then with Birdville, giving them a call back. And, you know, when you first started that story, you talked about Dr. Schnauts having a, a relationship with the superintendent or, 
uh, or the superintendent there at College Station. And, you know, the decision that you made and, and talking about burning bridges, it, those types of things, while, while you may not know them and they may not know you, it, it's the people that you guys have in common that end up talking mm-hmm. and sometimes getting you the foot in the door. And if you lose the foot in the door, it, everything is then an uphill battle. It, it's hard enough to break into uh, athletic administration. Uh, and so to, if you don't have the people in your corner, it, it sometimes it makes it even that much tougher. So, you know, definitely, I think the, the right decision there. And <laughs> you, you mentioned Abilene and the drive home and, and then your drive back from College Station. I remember, you know, you and I spoke uh, at times during those trips because we were both transitioning about the same time. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I had gone off to, to, to Robinson in, well, I went off to Robinson right as we, nobody came back from spring break of, of 2020 because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. My, my first, you know, three or four months at Robinson were, were pretty much me in the office alone. And, uh, yeah. that, so that was an interesting time. And, and, you know, you know, you, you know, we had a lot of conversation and, uh, at that point about, you know, moving into the assistant AD at, at Grapevine Colleyville. But then we both transitioned to our current roles, uh, you at College Station and me at Bryce's Port ISD, uh, in, I think, you know, late spring or mid to late spring of 2022. So it, it was very interesting. And by the way, uh, you mentioned Birdville and Chris Ferris. He was transitioning to Conroe ISD, um, mm-hmm. and at the same time, really. So th- the three of us had spent a good amount of time together because we were, you know, ten minutes away and, and always in district together. Uh, and it's interesting yep. we see each other now in these in, in this new neck of the woods quite a bit. So yeah, that's yeah. that's all good information, and, and really. It leads right into my next question for you, and, and you've you've done some of it, but I, I really want to expand a little bit on that that AP role and how you used that in your College Station interview. So, you know, we both served as assistant principals, so you and I have talked uh, numerous times about the, the benefits of being an assistant principal once you get into athletic administration, which is why Dr. Ryan, you know, made it a requirement. But talk about why your years as an AP were so important to what you do now and how you explained that in a different way and used it to your advantage at College Station versus Abilene. Well, I I think that, so as an assistant principal, you really need to be a jack of all trades. You, You do need to, even though I was not strong curriculum, uh, a strong curriculum person, I still needed to have some familiarity with curriculum and uh, lesson design. So right. over my five years as an AP, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of picked up on that. Uh, I worked on the master schedule for a couple of years, um, uh, you know, helping, helping with that, you know, designing that. Um, I think um, obviously discipline, you know, uh, restorative practices versus disciplinary, uh, you know, as a disciplinary practice, uh, dealing with DAEP assignments and ISS assignments and what is the law, you know, understanding school law. Um, and so, and the budgetary things. And so there were things there that I really, uh, worked on and, and, uh, left out the biggest thing, which is the HR side, Mm. the hiring and uh, documentation, 
um, and sometimes moving off of people as an employee. And so all of those experiences, you know, I think what I was able to do in my interview is talk about those things is talk about how, and I had, and we had building principles in the, in the, on the committee. Well, they love to hear that I've done the master schedule. Mm -hmm. They love to hear that I'm T test certified and that I've, I've, I've appraised uh, uh, teachers under that system and how, you know, I would support them with our coaches and have those high expectations of coaches being great teachers um, and being able to use the, that vocabulary um, from the CNI department and, and those types of things. So I, I wasn't only appealing to the coaches on that panel committee. I was appealing to the campus administrators or my boss, who is the director of CNI. Right. And being able to say those things. And then there were a few questions where we'll talk to us about a time where you've had to document an employee mm-hmm. who, or as an AD, are you going to do that? Is that going to be the campus principal? And I said, I said, I don't need the campus principal to do it. If it's something that I see that we need to, and it's on the, it's on the coaching side, then I will do the documentation. I will do the observation. I will do all of those things. Um, if it's something in the classroom, that's that's for the campus administrator. But um, you know, I think another thing was being a partner, uh, being in partnership with our campus administrators, being able to say, you know, as we find candidates, I think it's important for both the campus principal and myself to feel good about the hire. Right. You know. And, and working together to find consensus. I think that that's, that's something that I was able to say because I had been on the, admini- the campus administrator side with the athletic administrators coming up uh, with consensus and, and figuring out who we wanted to hire. So, you know, being able to speak to those things with authority, you know, you do a job for five plus years. I, I can talk, you know, I could talk for a little while about it. Uh, and so I think that that gave them comfort. And I think that that aligned with their profile. You know, they wanted someone, they liked the idea of someone having those skills or those experiences, maybe be because of some things that had transpired before I got here, mm-hmm. um, that they wanted to kind of clean up or, or whatever the case might be. But at the end of the day, it worked out to where um, what they were looking for was me. Right. It, it, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. You're not going to be in an interview for an athletic director position where uh, a question about uh, a relationship with campus administration isn't going to come up or, you know, the HR side of things and documenting and all. Those things are going to come up one way or another. They, they may be asked, uh, you know, in great depth. They may just kind of be, you know, a one off and done. Uh, but mm-hmm. your ability to use your experience as an assistant principal, re- you, you almost you have to use that to your benefit because, you know, it's it's something that not everyone has. And, you know, I only had a year of it, uh, whereas you had five. So your your depth in that question is going to be greater than my depth was. But I will tell you that in my experience alone, in my conversations, it's it's understanding more about what campus administration does on a daily basis, um, how I can help as much as I possibly can with with the coaching staff. It, mm-hmm. It's really understanding uh, master scheduling, and I only had a year, but that was a it, that year was just invaluable. 
uh, because you're going to talk master scheduling with principals uh, when you're when you're dealing with coaches and assignments, uh, depending on how open and, and upfront they are and, and willing to kind of really dive down that rabbit hole. But you're you need to understand master scheduling and, and why they can't have two athletic periods versus just one or you know, how do you, how do you work it and who gets what? And it's just super, super valuable. If you have the opportunity to serve as a, as an assistant principal, uh, don't be afraid to jump into that, that line of work as you continue to prepare. If you want to go down the AD route, uh, you'll, well, you'll be well served for it. I think that, as I said earlier, you know, like we had identified that it was the elephant in the room when I'm interviewing. So how do I take that, that may be perceived mm-hmm. uh, weakness or, you know, whatever. Um, and how do I make it a strength? Right. And I think that that's, that's what I was able to do is addressing it, but then also lifting it up mm-hmm. and shining kind of a spotlight on it. Like, Hey, this is what differentiates me. Uh, so, you know, like you may be interviewing others that are sitting ADs or, or sitting assistant ADs. Or, well, I was assist, uh, sitting assistant AD, but yeah. you may be uh, interviewing other ADs, but they've only been maybe a head football coach, which, hey, there's plenty of people that do that and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wasn't me, uh, you know, and so I needed to uh, I needed them to understand what they were getting with me and how I was different yeah. and how that could be a positive thing. Yeah, I remember you and I talking. The The question was on your resume, did they think I was on a principal track and not an AD track? And and you had to, like you've talked about, you had to go and explain, you know, the whole process and, and really take that out of their minds so they understood really what, what your path was and what you were doing during that time. Um, yeah. So, okay. Let, let's talk. Uh, you, you got a number of strong points, let's be honest. But uh, let's talk a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of your greatest strong points, and that is networking. Uh, that that's the professional term for you do well in social environments. Um, so I've known you for going on ten years now, and, and you know you've got this down to a T. Talk about the importance of getting to know other ads or, or just growing your network, and and then you know we've already talked about. Do you think the time that you invested? coming to the AD conferences while you were assistant principal paid off. We know that that is yes, but I guess share with maybe people that are, that are in you and I shoes, uh, you know, many years ago when we were just trying to dip, dip our feet into this world. Well, what are some, what are some ideas, uh, suggestions? What would you, what advice would you give them? I don't think that I can stress enough how important networking is. I, I said this earlier, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's about who you, and boy, that's true. Um, and so I think that, you know, I adopted very early on the philosophy that I was going to try and, and make contact with or a connection with people. And so starting out, you know, in high, in college, um, I was a basketball player and then I knew I was going to be in, going to coaching. Um, I went and worked UT basketball camps in the summer. I went and did A&M basketball camps in the summer. And so I was, I was making connections with coaches before I ever hit the workforce. Um, and so I was able to kind of, you know, reference those connections that I had done. Um, and obviously you have to work hard. You have to have a good rep, you know, you have to earn your reputation, but then, 
people, if they can say, I know him, he, he is a hard worker or she is a great whatever, then that's going to be invaluable to you as you go for those other jobs. And every year you have to go to those conferences. You have to go to, you know, those, those regional meetings if you're wanting to be an AD, but you also have to talk to people. You know, if you just walk into the room and you sit down at a table and you just talk to maybe the people at your table, you're missing opportunities. And so I wanted to, you know, and, and you and I, we would go to those things and like, I would really try to, you know, make a lap in the room. Like just go and and try to make connections with, or say, you know, um, say something to anybody I had a a relationship with just to keep that up. Right. Right. Um, And I, you know, and I think that that's important because those people only see you if they see you once a month or they see you once a year, you know, uh, you've got to maintain that or or you'll be forgotten. So uh, that was just kind of my approach to that. But I think, you know, remembering where people are, like what school are they with? You know, being able to ask questions. That was the greatest icebreaker that, uh, that you could come up with. Go up to someone and ask them a question. And then maybe they just spoke at a conference and they're coming off and they usually stick around for questions or whatever. Go up and talk to that person. Ask them a question about their presentation and introduce yourself you know, and, and that, that's huge. Uh, it, you know, but if you're just going to go to a conference, if you're going to go to coaching school, you're going to go to a, a, a session and you're going to walk in, you're going to take your notes and you're going to walk out of the room. You've missed opportunities. Right. And, and that's, and that's one thing about me is that I, I really don't <laughs> miss those opportunities uh, very, very often. Um, and then, you know, I think, and it can't all be work. It needs, to, you need, you need to be a person too. Uh, and so Jay and I, we've had, we've had, you know, uh, great experiences and met a ton of people and serve on committees. Yes. And that, and that's very valuable, but then also, you know, um, going to social events and making connections there and remembering those and continuing to grow those reaching out. Like, you know, when I was an assistant AD, I was over facility rentals. Well, one of the greatest things that I was able to do is when people wanted to use our stadium, well, it's an, it's an AD calling. Well, then I'd visit with them, yeah. you know, like, Hey, how's it going over there in Prosper or in Arlington and, and, and really getting to know those people. Cause they didn't know me mm-hmm. uh, very well. Uh, they knew of me, like they knew they needed to call me because I was the keeper of the keys for the stadium. So, but let's form a deeper relationship. Yeah. And that takes time. That takes intentionality. And, and so it, you got to be motivated. And so uh, I really tried to do that. Uh, and it's, it, it has served me well in my career. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, are much better at, at the networking piece than I am, but you, you know, I'd like to say I was your wingman because I could just I could just float and ride your your wave because you were going to be that guy and I would just tag along, and it, you know it, it, it's it's not it doesn't come easy for everybody especially if you're if you're really shy, uh, you know I I open up more around people that I know, but like you said you, there's so much value in going to those conferences and getting to know other people 
uh, and then getting to know them outside of the conference. And I, I'm somewhat getting better at that. It's, it's still a, a struggle for me, but surround yourself with people who are going to get you into those circles and, you know, it, it'll become more and more comfortable uh, as you go along and do it. This year, you, you, you know this, I very few times do I go to any of the, uh, the socials after the conferences, you know. We spend a number mm-hmm. of years sharing hotel room when we go to the the AD conference, and you know I, I'm probably back in the room pretty early mm-hmm. <laughs> this last June. Well, you got a book to write or something, right? Uh, I got something to do, <laughs> but <laughs> this uh, podcast, last, yeah, 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 no doubt. But this last June, uh, Chris Ferris invited me uh, to be on his team at the bowling invitational tournament at the at the AD conference. I'm like, yeah, I'll go do that. Man, I had a blast. So, you know, I hope to do that every year uh, because that is what you, what you talked about is like everybody's letting their guard down. We're not talking about work at all. Uh, it, it's, it's people that do the, the same jobs day in and day out, just kind of getting together, hanging out, laughing. And it, it was, it was so valuable. Like I, I absolutely loved that time and, and didn't regret going at all. Matter of fact, I, I want to continue to do that. So yeah, I, I wanted to be sure to bring that up because it's one of your strong suits and, and it's important. It just is. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that. I think, and, and, and you got to be able to read the room, like what, yeah. what's the appropriate time to ask a question about professional development and what's the other time to just say, you know, how are things going? You know, or what, you know, you just got to be able to read the room too, but you, you got to set yourself up for success and you can only do that by initiating those conversations because yeah. they're not going to seek you out. They're not, uh, you, you, you're the one who is aspiring to get to where they are or, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. So you've got to seek them out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah, we, we could go on and on about that, but let, let's yeah. somewhat shift gears. Talk about the biggest difference in, from in 2020, you're an assistant AD. And in 2022, late spring of 2022, you become the director of athletics. You're sitting in the seat for College Station mm-hmm. ISD. What's the biggest difference between those two jobs? Well, first, I had a lot of great ideas as an assistant AD that I could just <laughs> throw out that I thought were going to be great. Yeah. Um, but if they didn't, if they weren't great, I wasn't going to have to answer for them, uh, you know, type thing. And so I think that the first thing is, is when you're the AD, anything you do, you're going to answer for. And so you need to understand that responsibility Mm -hmm. and the fact that the, the, the buck stops here. I mean, if I, if I send something out or, or if I implement some policy or procedure or whatever, like it's, it's on me, it's on me. If I, um, if I make a hire or if, Mm. or if we make a change and that goes poorly, it's on me. Yeah. Um, you know, somewhat. Uh, and so I think that it's the responsibility of it and then understanding like, you know, there were a lot of times where as an assistant AD, things were done, things were said. I'm like, why didn't, why didn't we just do this? You know, why don't we go scorched earth? 
<laughs> well, you can't do that you know? <laughs> yeah. and expect to have a job. Right. You know, uh, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is adopting, you know, I was talking to Stan Leach uh, in Bernie ISD mm-hmm. and he had a great saying. He said, you know, I tell my coaches that you, you can compromise and find common ground on, on problems. But once they get to me, you no longer have any decision-making power and I, and it's not going to go past me. And I have told our coaches that numerous times, like you need to find a way to solve that problem before it gets to me, because once it gets to me, I'm going to solve it. And I may not solve it the way you, you want me to. Absolutely. Uh, And so I think that that's, you know, I think, and you know where he told me that he told me that on a golf cart playing golf one day, you know, talk (laughs) about networking anyway. Um, so I think that that's, that's the biggest thing. I think being able to assess when you're coming in new, you need to look for some low hanging fruit or some early victories. You know, what are some things that you can change now without upsetting the apple cart and getting some wins And then what are some of the bigger changes that you can't make right now? And so you've got to look down the road a little bit and say, okay, how can I incrementally change to get there? Mm. So I think as an assistant AD, a lot of things sound great in concept, but the application of it isn't, that doesn't work that way. And so I think that that's the biggest mindset change. Uh, like you can have great ideas all day long, but it's implementing those. And then I, you know, I'm in a two high school district, just like you. Uh, and so you can't do one thing at one place and not the other. And so being consistent, you know, uplifting both being mindful of how you're, you're highlighting both in social media and and all of those things. So, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, those are the things that, you know, transitioning from the assistant to the main, uh, is, is, is part of that. Also, I really like that. I'm in the room when, where the decisions are made. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, I wasn't in those rooms when I was an assistant AD, but right. now <laughs> I'm in the room and, and I have influence. And as long as I offer good insight or opinions, then I'll continue to have growing influence in my area, um, for our district, uh, with, with our, with our superintendent and, and, and board of trustees. Um, and so that is another thing is, uh, knowing that, you know, you're in the room, so you understand a little bit more of the backstory. Uh, and then you also have an opportunity, uh, that I did not have as an assistant AD. Right. So if you're a campus coordinator, if you're an assistant AD, if you're an assistant principal, uh, any of those people aspiring to be an athletic director, you need to rewind, oh, three minutes or so to the beginning of that response and, and re-listen to that because uh, it, it is 100% truth uh, and couldn't have said that any better. So thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let's talk hiring and interviews. So how much oversight do you have in the hiring of head coaches there at, at College Station? For head football coaches, um, we, we just hired one uh, last winter, and I, I carried that process start to finish. Okay. Um, I was the only one that was in all three rounds. I, uh, you know, constructing the profile from community in, input um, and, and those types of things. Now, you know, we hired a, a head girls basketball coach, head wrestling, 
head volleyball. Uh, those are in partnership with the campus principal. Uh, we create the questions for the for the small committee that would do the interviewing. Um, you know, the principal would bring in probably a department chair or something like that, uh, and we would come to consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it was ever. Um, you know, they want this person and, and I want this person. I feel like I have a good enough relationship with our building principals that, you know, I can't do it every time, but there may be one time where I can say, I, I really feel like this is our person and they would go with me. But then there may be another time where it's, I may need to go with the principal's person. Right. Um, and so I think that that's a, that's a, you know, that's a working relationship. Uh, and you, you got to figure out where you're really going to fall on the sword for. Cause if I put my stamp of approval, if it, mm-hmm. if I were to overrule the principal on one hire, that person better be right. Because if not, <laughs> whew, yeah. it's, it's going to be a burned bridge. Uh, I'm going to have, you know, like it, it's, it's something. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you, you really need to be intentional about that, but that's, that's kind of how our process works. Yeah. And then assistant coaches are done completely by the campus and the head coaches. Gotcha. Yeah. And not only would it be a burned bridge, you'd be reminded of it, uh, unfortunately, but also it, it's going to impact the next head coach hire somewhere down the, the line with that, that person. So it having a relationship with the campus, uh, principal is so important. And we talked about that earlier. Um, but you're absolutely yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, uh, how much you were involved in, in the head coaches. So that's, that's, y'all have a good system there where, where you're involved. Well, and, and, and I, and the reason that I was, uh, the lead on the head football coaching hire is because that's the person that I would hire and fire, if you will, right. uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the principal is not really a part of that. Um, because they don't have no academic side. Now they have a campus culture side, so there is some partnership, but that one's mine. Those, those, two, those two gentlemen uh, fall under me. Gotcha. So in the interview, what is your favorite non X's and O's interview question? <laughs> I think it depends on what we're looking for. You know, if we're looking for someone who's more structured and disciplinarian and uh, organized and, you know, then I'm, I'm going to ask a certain question or if we're looking for someone who's a great communicator, cause we haven't had that in the past, mm-hmm. then I'm going to focus on what are you doing to activate your stakeholders? You know, we've got parents that want to be involved. How are you going to utilize them and not alienate them? You know, if it's something about, uh, how are you, how are you managing your assistant coaches? Because our, our assistant coaches are taking, getting it done in the classroom. Then, you know, we talk about that. So, I mean, there, yeah. you, you know, you do enough of these interviews, you have a bank of questions there. Um, and really you're going to, you're going to hit on a couple of questions in those areas that you want to address with this hire mm-hmm. to get down to a deeper level. And then, and, and, and sometimes we have those scripted questions, but if they're not giving me what I want, then I may ask a follow-up question. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to either, determine that you don't know what you're talking about. And this is not, you know, like it's very superficial or I'm going to help you get it out of you, you know? And so I think that that's, that's part of that uh, interview process that, that, that I utilize. Yep. Very good. Um, What advice would you give to coaches seeking to advance their careers? 
and either get into athletic administration or to campus administration? So the first thing you need to do is you need to go to your bosses, whoever that might be, and express the interest in doing it. Hey, I want to be a campus administrator. I want to be a, uh, you know, athletics administrator. So go to those people that, you know, that are in power and, and express your interest first thing. Cause then if something comes up, they might think to include you and give you that experience or they know, and they can be, they can keep their ear to the ground for you. The next thing you need to do is make sure that you have everything you need educationally education wise in place before that job ever opens. Hmm. So I had my master's degree before I ever aspired to be an administrator, but I had, it. I didn't have to go get it and spend 18 months to get it. And then, and then I could go get the job I wanted. Right. I needed it first. Uh, I took a year of doctoral classes. I'm superintendent certified. Don't, don't aspire to be a superintendent, but I I've got it because maybe eventually down the road, maybe I can be an assistant soup or something like that. Uh, not that you need that, certification, but it does give me additional experience or yeah. knowledge. Yeah. I got tax certified. I, uh, in, in I AAA, you know, getting the, uh, what is it? The, the CAA the and CM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm CAA certified. I'm pretty much done with the CMAA portion. Good. So I think that that, those are things that we have to, or you have to do as you prepare for those, uh, opportunities. Uh, because if you're going to wait until the job opens and then you're like, Hey, I want to do that. It's going to be too late. That job's going to pass you by. So that's the second thing. So first ex go express the interest in the job Two, go get the education you need for the job. And then three, start networking for that job. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you want to be a principal, then start networking for that. If you want to be a, a, an AD, start networking for that. Uh, you can't just net if you're, if, if, if Kevin Starnes had just networked with, uh, boys basketball coaches and, but I want to be an AD that would not have helped me. All right. They're not, uh, they're not the people that hire for that job. I need other people. I needed other ADs that would vouch for me. And I needed superintendents, assistant superintendents, that could also vouch for me. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's, so those are the three steps that you've got to take place and then do a good job every day. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, be, you know, I, I know, um, a favorite term is, you know, be where your feet are and really don't always look to the next thing. Just focus on your job now. And I agree with that. I think that there is, we all aspire to, to, be the best person we can be. Um, but if you aspire to also move up the ranks, do a good job every day where you are, but then also kind of keep an eye on what's coming. Right. Yep. Very good. So one of our roles as ADs, definitely not the only role, but one of our roles is to coach coaches. Uh, what are, mm -hmm. what are ways that you grow your own in college station ISD? Well, um, so we actually are starting an aspiring head coaches cohort this year, first year. Oh, wow. um, and so we have 10 aspiring head coaches that are currently at the middle school or high school level, assistant coaches, and they may aspire to be a middle school coordinator or a head coach at the high school level. Uh, and so we are going to go through a couple of, you know, we're going to have four modules, one day um, trainings 
And we have already kind of built the skeleton curriculum for those to kind of give them some knowledge and tools to set them up for success when they do interview for that head coaching job. We don't want them to leave, uh, but if they really, if they're on, but if it's their time and they want to move, then, you know, we want to set them up for success. I think that my, one of my big initiatives in my role here is I want to help people achieve their goals, right? Whatever those goals might be. And hopefully it's in our district, but if it's not, their goals are their goals. And, and just like I wanted my players to achieve their goals, I want my coaches to, to do that as well. Yeah. So uh, anything that I can do to equip them to be successful, that's what I'm going to do. And, and, I'm, and we're hopeful that this uh, Aspiring Head Coaches uh, Academy is, is going to help us do that. Yeah, that's a great idea. I look forward to talking with you more about that and seeing what the curriculum is and, and how it's going. Uh, that's a great idea. And we, we also have – because we're in town with a and um, we have a lot of, of, of students at A&M that are aspiring coaches. Yeah. And we actually have coaches that come and work with our middle schools on a hourly, we pay them an hourly rate and they just go to, they just go to practices um, and they do their background checks and all that. Hmm. Um, but, but we, we actually have that. And so we, we actually get a lot of our incoming coaches from that. A resource. Wow. So they come, they work with our kids, they know our coaches, they know our sure. Uh, and so when it, when it opens, when it open, uh, when a vacancy opens up, then we can go and say to our middle school coaches, who were some of your best student assistants? Yeah. And they were like, you know, boom, boom, boom. And we'd reach out to them and say, Hey, we've got an assistant job open. Would you be interested? And so it, it, the shortage that we're dealing with in our profession uh, that really helps us because they're already here. They don't yeah. have to move. Golly, that's great. You know? Yeah, man, that is, that's definitely a luxury with, with the shortage. Uh, but also I, I know that program you're talking about and man, having them in your backyard is just unbelievable. So, all right. So as we come to a close today, Kevin, we leave us with your favorite quote for the coaches impact bulletin board. I don't know. I don't know if it's the favorite quote, but I think it's it has served me well uh, that I got from Dr. Ryan, our old superintendent in Grapevine. It was, yeah. you know, you interview for your next job every day, Boom. you know, and I think that that's that's a good uh, message to kind of operate by, um, you know, come in, do a fantastic job, uh, keep your head down, work hard. Uh, and good things are going to happen for you. I think I'm a testament to that. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, I've been fortunate. Uh, I've probably been lucky in some time in, in some spaces, but I've also set myself up for those those opportunities. And and so, uh, anyone who has you know a goal or an aspiration, you're interviewing for that job right now. Make sure you're earning it. Yeah, that that's so good. We're going to leave it right there. You know. Every day is an interview. Uh, take full advantage of those, and uh, good things are going to happen. Well, Kevin, man, I appreciate the time uh, that you've spent with me today. This is going to be valuable for uh, a large uh, portion of our listening audience, whether they're coaches now or such principals or assistant ads or even ads. This has just been a it's been great, you know, sharing and catching up with you, but but uh, then also all of the wisdom and lessons learned along the way they're going to help people so man once again i i appreciate you and i look forward to seeing you at our next you know ad association meeting so that we can 
catch up again. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you reaching out and, and asking me to do this. Uh, you know, our friendship, like you said, you know, 10 plus years, uh, a lot of great times and, and, and kind of growing into this in through this profession together and uh, appreciate your friendship. And uh, uh, I'm if anybody after the after the fact wants to ask any follow up questions of me, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, be glad to help in any way I can. Very good. Very good. I'll, I'll put your information in the show notes and that way it'll be easy access for them they don't have to remember on the fly all right man perfect you have a good day and keep doing great things in college station 